I would venture to guess that like me, you have probably already heard all the the points, uh, the talks, the full sermons with a three-point outline about the parable of the prodigal son. Like, we talk about that younger son, the prodigal, and for instance, how he basically says, Father, I wish you were dead because I want your money, and gets it, and off he goes. And we've certainly heard talks about his profligate living and wildness in that foreign country, and we've pictured him laying there next to the pig slop, and how he wants to get up and go back, and he's cut to the heart, but he's going to be a servant now. And of course, we've all thought about that father whose eyes are combing the horizon line looking for him, and run out, it's so beautiful. But actually, and by the way, this is not the point of this podcast, but one thing we never really talk about much is the fact that the younger son, the, the prodigal, kind of actually knew what he wanted. Like he wanted the inheritance now, and he wanted to go live wild, and then he wanted to come back. I mean, to a degree, this young man sort of knew his own mind, but again, that's not the point of this podcast. I kind of also bet we've also heard lots of talks about the older son, sort of that picture of maybe the religious life as it's pulled out for us, that he's coming in from the fields and he's laboring and he's going about his business and his father doesn't really understand and he never seems to get anything. And I bet we've heard that talk too. But I want to tell you what haunts me as I sit sometimes and look at the whole narrative and think about it, picture it for myself. I am haunted by, yes, that older brother's day-to-day. Because let's say that that younger brother, the prodigal himself, let's say he was gone for two years. For two years, based upon where that parable ends, based upon the the, the nature of the heart of that older stay-behind brother, think about his day-to-day ever since. It would appear that he had woken up to each day, kind of looked at that toil and labor that he was going to have to do out there in the fields near the family estate. And it would appear, based upon the intimacy of heart that he has with his father, or I should say non-intimacy in the direction of the father, it would appear that, who knows, maybe he just sits and reads the newspaper. His father's right there across, you know, across the breakfast table. And he reads the newspaper and nods at his father and out to the fields he goes. And he wouldn't appear, from my perspective, to have necessarily worked too near to his father. Like he maybe had his back turned to him as he toiled away, uh, you know, plowing the fields and harvesting in the right season and dealing with the oxen. And and of course, we know, because he says, you never gave me even, you know, a young calf or whatever for his friends and he to have a feast. We know that he has some friends, Who knows if he's even introduced his friends to his father. But I am haunted by the image of that day today. Because it would seem for those two years, based upon where the narrative Jesus gives us lands, that almost at no point was that older brother acceding to or even engaging with or certainly enjoying anything really that was his. It's that day-to-day that haunts me. And here's why it haunts me, my friends. It would seem to me, as a lifelong churchgoer in the modern American church, 
that the same thing is somewhat true for us. I would say in the church, appropriation is the greatest lack. And here's what I mean by that. We possess nearly nothing that is already ours. Because let me tell you, in your own day-to-day, in my day-to-day, what is already ours? We wake up. We brush our teeth. We maybe go sit at the uh, kitchen table and have a cup of coffee. Do you realize that with you, in you, beside you, um, with a, a grin on his lips, is the God of the universe? That his invitation every single morning, as one who has already been set free by his blood, is to approach him with confidence, is to say, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, here we are, a brand new, fresh day. Because we know that scripture, that his mercies are new every morning, but do we live into it? Well, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have a family, you then have uh, this moment as you look at the day, As you look at your work, as you look at school, as you look at whatever you have to do, that you can look at it and say, I can walk this whole day with my father. I can hear from him by his spirit. I can be encouraged from the inside by his presence. And so whether it's school, work, uh, being a stay-at-home kind of person, we each day can encounter at any moment the God of the universe, and we're told in the book of Hebrews, with confidence absolutely unbelievable. And then finishing our school day, work day, we come back with him. And don't forget, morning, noon, night, we sit down to table that he has provided for us. And we can raise our hands and give thanks and say, ah, Lord, you've done it again. You've provided, you've fed, you've taken care. And lastly, in any given day, we can lay our head on the pillow And we can say, Jesus, please forgive me for all the ways I've fallen short today. I want to rest in you tonight. Be with me now. Even meet me in my my dreams. Wake me if you need to. But Jesus, thank you for the day you have given me. Thank you that your mercies were new. And I've tried to follow you and I'm going to try again tomorrow. And you know what? As you fall asleep, he is delighted in that. That's our given day to day. So I want to tell you real quick, I don't want to belabor this thought. Here is a wild little secret about the human life. And I remember reading this somewhere. I think it was in James Joyce. It's simple. Life is many days. That's the whole quote. Life is many days. My friends, how it's going, meaning how you're following Jesus, how you're appropriating your salvation, your justification, your sanctification, how you're appropriating the glorious riches of your kingdom royalty and heavenly inheritance is always only displayed by how it's going today. Today is your whole life as far as you're ever going to know. Yesterday is forever over. Uh, Tomorrow will always be a non-reality. And here's what I mean by that. When you wake up tomorrow, it will already be your new today. So rather 
than being the prodigal, running away. We don't want to do that. We know that. Rather than being sort of the religious spirited older brother who's out in the fields kind of hoeing away at this dusty dirt, I would say to you, we are always in his presence. We're already in the household. And so let's live our given day to day with him, appropriating it all, saying, you have for me full relationship full delight, full provision, full care, full experience, full revelation, full understanding of the human journey, Jesus, because you've already done it? Are you telling me I'm just with you right now, Jesus? (laughs) Yes, friends, that is the reality. So let's not be the people who have any kind of appropriative lack. Let's be the people who are uh, with the Father always upon the family estate, delighting in the fact that we're with him and enjoying him today. Thanks for listening.